Hello and welcome to God's Word During Exile. This is a group of pastors that get together and study God's Word together. We are currently going through Luther's small catechism, and we find ourselves through going through the Ten Commandments. Uh, today we're actually going to start a new commandment. Brace yourself. We're going to be taking a... Uh, no, I guess we should. I shouldn't say that. We're going to be taking uh, friendly wagers on how many episodes we are going to spend on commandment number seven so mike what oh. did you what did you learn today before we started recording oh yeah all right so here's a quick shout out all right <laughs> uh i heard today from a certain young lady well through ben that a certain young lady told him that everyone deserves a chameleon so meg you get a huge shout out and now this is getting recorded uh, so it is canon that everyone deserves a chameleon so here's what i need you guys to do our listeners if you would like for me to get a chameleon i need you to comment below and i hey Lindsay, how many comments is it going to take to get a chameleon four all right, she said if we can get 382 comments. <laughs> that seems likely. <laughs> she will allow me to get a chameleon. So. Copy, paste, is, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. That's exactly. <laughs> just wait till this one posts. Cheryl. I'm just going to spam this one to no end. Cheryl Hussey, we're counting on you. <laughs> oh, she, she said the caveat is they are not allowed to come from me. But she didn't say that they couldn't come from you guys. Mom, think about the blessing that you could be to Mike Natal. Here it is. Uh, so yeah. if you'd like for me to get a chameleon, it's only going to take 380, how many? 382? Yeah, and I think that's what you said. 382 comments for me. What to get episode a was that that we were talking about that, that Meg had listened to uh, about the chameleon before? That was a, a little while back, but... Yeah, that was probably six, six or seven episodes back. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure the chameleon was pre-Professor Pribinow coming on. Okay. And that yeah. was... Everyone deserves a chameleon. Everyone deserves a chameleon. Out of the mouth of babes comes the truth <laughs> of the gospel. And everyone deserves a chameleon. <laughs> So that's where we'll leave you today. Hopefully by the next recording. Wait, are we done? I'll oh. I think so. I mean, what else do we have to talk about today? <laughs> now, uh, so hopefully by next recording, I will be able to have a chameleon right here on this finger. That would Just be don't fantastic. Steal it, Mike. Just I know. See, <laughs> that's the key is that I have to acquire this chameleon. The appropriate way so i'll have to go to the pet store along with all of its chameleon goodies and we're gonna have so much fun flies do not stand a chance in the natal house because i'm just gonna go hey. around and just boom 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 it's gonna be great we're gonna have so we need much a lot of chameleons in iowa I hey think. I will bring my chameleon out like um, the Pied Piper uh, flies, <laughs> and he will go to town. So today we find ourselves in the seventh uh, commandment, which is you shouldn't steal. We're going to talk about why you shouldn't steal. This will probably be the overview episode, and then we'll dig in a little bit deeper. But if you have any questions or anything that you'd like us to cover in this commandment or the next three, 
uh email us god's word during exile all one word at gmail.com and that's where i'm going to go minus the fact once again shout out to meg all everyone deserves a chameleon also i'm pretty sure that we got we got some we got an email from a listener who i feel like we should shout her out too let me just make sure that i get her name correct uh her name is laura taylor does anybody know in this group who laura taylor is i don't know know laura i don't believe i think so no that's amazing so laura thank Mm -hmm. you for listening to the podcast uh and thank you for uh sending us an email and just encouraging us we're we're grateful for that mm-hmm. so thanks laura all right mike who's up for prayer why don't you pray for us mike i would i would love to. i would love to gracious lord we come here today excited to dig into your word and to discuss this commandment lord help us to uh understand it to the depth in which you have called us to do so. And so, Lord, as we unpack this commandment, we ask that you would just make us receptive to the things that we are hearing, even the difficult things that are hard for us to hear. Help us to hear those. Help us to see that you are the perfection of all things and how our faith is made perfect through you. And so, Lord, we just are grateful that we can come here, enjoy each other's company, have some laughs, and uh, then dig into your word and grow in our knowledge of you. And so, Lord, we just give this rest of the podcast up to you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Who's got their catechisms? Yes. Yeah. All right. You guys remember sword drills? You ever do sword, sword drills yeah. as a kid? Yeah. Hold up your Bible. Hold up your catechism. We're going to race. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That doesn't work. You can't do it. That I way. know. That doesn't work. Now you got to go get it. No, you can't be there. That defeats the sword drill purpose. I've, I've been here for like See? half an hour. That's, <laughs> so maybe okay, next so time. Here, here's the deal. Ben, ben can no, just read it. Here's you the deal. And, I, you and Mike, you and face off. No, no, no. See, I was cheating. I put in paper clips oh. so it would fall. Oh, open. see, so he's calling you oh, out for being turned thing. open. This dude's got paper clips. Okay, <laughs> here's the deal. It's the seventh commandment, and I was stealing the victory. I was gonna illustrate what you should not do. Okay, all right, here's what we do. All right, let's cut this, let's cut this video, and we'll pretend that we're gonna record right now. So start over again and be okay. Hey guys, you know what'd be a lot of fun? Let's have a sword drill. <laughs> You know, it'd be more and, fun if we could just let Ben read Everybody it. just lose so that Mike can win. You ready? On your mark, get set, go. Mike, oh. you figured it out, Mike. You got there first. I did. Oh, my goodness. All right, I seventh commandment. It's like you stole it from Ben. Yeah. <laughs> you shall not steal, which I just did from Ben. <laughs> what does this mean? Wow. We should not fear, or we should fear. Wow. We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in a dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. Man, I don't know about you guys, but this one seems a lot more straightforward and easy than our than our last commandment, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Don't don't take your neighbor's stuff. Yes. We'll see you next week. Everyone well, deserves I do think there, uh, 
just like with the other ones, there is um, more to it than just the like most obvious surface level part of this. Um, but I, I will say that compared to the issues of murder and adultery and all of the related terribly difficult subjects, this one is pretty simple and straightforward. Um, but, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily think about, you know, different areas of this, like, you know, charging too much interest, you know, on people or having, you know, unfair business practices that even subtly are taking advantage of people uh, making a bad product or for a unfair price or um taking too many coffee breaks at work and stealing yeah. time from your employer yeah i remember driving around with my boss when i worked construction during seminary and uh and he looked over at the nearby warehouse and there were a bunch of guys sitting out on the stoop taking a break and he said that makes me so mad because I know their boss and I know he's not there right now. And I know this is not their break time and they are taking a free break and they're stealing from their boss and the person that they're doing a job for. Cause that person is paying that company to do that job. And these guys are kicking back and having extra breaks. And, and so they're robbing, robbing other people while they do that. And, you know, some of these things we don't, necessarily consider we might just say well i've never held a uh, held up a bank at gunpoint so i guess i'm okay you know oh, it does sound exciting i've never done it either oh yeah maybe we should give it a try <laughs> <laughs> but i have uh, but... i have walked home with more than one sydney lutheran brother in church pen there you go gretchen had yep. to uh save me from my own uh, unintentional theft by returning about 50 of these about a month ago Yep. carried home with me well uh, one thing that uh you know maybe you uh, listeners are aware of and maybe you're not is that a lot of people steal art these days uh they steal pictures um and quotes things people have said um they don't attribute them to the author they steal music and clips of music clips of videos and they never properly attribute them. And maybe they were even, you know, not intended to be shared or they were related to the actual business of the person who created them. And now they're not making any money off of them and they're all around the world and they're, they, uh, they worked hard to create them and now they're not going to get anything out of it. And that's their, their vocation. And a lot of times we don't realize that, those things are wrong and they're hurt really hurting people when we do those things and that some of the laws that we do have to protect things that are copyrighted and such are to protect the person who is doing the work it's I suppose this is time to apologize to the microsoft corporation for stealing windows 98 when i was a teenager <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there are so many things if we look back with and go through it with a fine-tooth comb i bet all four of us have transgressed this law in way more ways than we have realized and some maybe that we realized were probably wrong but we didn't think were that big of a deal and we did them anyway mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> well, we all grew up in the uh, in the Napster generation, right? Anybody yep. anybody download yep. a little bit of music as a teenager that you didn't have the rights to? Mm-hmm. We're, we're all guilty there, mm-hmm. yep. except for Mike. Apparently, he didn't do that. He was just. Oh, dude, I did. I did worse. I used to go to the Penn State Public Library and uh, rent, well, borrow the music and immediately just rip it and burn it. Oh yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give it out to anybody, but I, I mean, that's basically the equivalent of stealing. Yep. Yeah. Also, you know, to make copies of it without yeah. permission. Yeah, I used to like rip it onto my iPad and stuff, or onto my iPhone and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Be- and we probably just say, "Who's it gonna hurt?" Right. Mm-hmm. And just because we're not looking at the person it's hurting, we probably think it doesn't really hurt. But you know. There could be a starving musician on the other side of that, that, you know, everybody's sharing their music for free and they, they can't make anything off of it and they're trying to feed their kids. Um, so then they got to quit that job because, you know, they're not making any money off of it and go do something else, which might be fine, but it's a real shame, you know, and it is really harming people. So and Matt, you had mentioned like all of us have transgressed this in a lot more ways than we imagine. And that becomes even more true as we look at the second half of Luther's uh, explanation of, of this commandment. It's not just the things we take. Most of the times we can look back and see what we've taken. We know we've done it. We know it wasn't right. We found our ways to justify it, even though it is, you know, can't be justified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's that second half where we should be striving, like rejoicing as our as our neighbor gets good things and striving to help him keep it. That's where we probably break the commandment more often without even realizing that we are doing it and can't even look back and see all the times where we saw yeah. somebody get something cool and we were like, man, I wish that was mine and coveted it rather than rejoicing and saying, man, that's so great for him. God has blessed him richly. Praise God. Yep. Uh, okay. Can I read a little bit? Please. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me get my, uh, you know, those little uh, carpet squares? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Dude, <laughs> let me get a carpet square and I'm just going to Story sit time. I'm ready. <laughs> Story time with Ben. Papa Ben. We're going to go Papa Ben. All right. So I just want to read briefly uh, Philip Melanchthon's text on the seventh commandment here, and then just a couple observations from. Hey, Mark Ben, before you do that, that, can you just tell us who Melanchthon is really quick? Um, I mean, obviously, basically we Martin Luther's right hand man in the Reformation. Uh, he wrote the majority of our Lutheran confessions, like the, at least in terms of overall quantity of writing the Augsburg Confession, its apology, the defense of it. Um, treatise on the power and primacy of the Pope. Um, And so, yeah, he's a really important and influential figure uh, for us. And so, and Martin Chemnitz is basically, if I understand rightly, basically a student of Melanchthon and so on. But so, so Melanchthon observes this about the seventh commandment. Says here we must assert the affirmative aspects of this commandment for the distinction of ownership is sanctified by God, a distinction which the very word of the commandment asserts has been ordained by God. Because he forbids theft, he thereby wills that individuals should possess their own property. 
By this testimony are refuted the ravings of fanatical men who contend under the great and dangerous error that in the gospel the holding of private property has been abolished. In the second place, the prohibitory aspect of the precept must be kept in mind also, lest we covet the property of others. Because the arrangement has been divinely established that men among themselves in the natural performance of their duties should demonstrate their obedience toward God and honorably carry out their duties, God also punishes... Um, Sorry, God also punishes inequity in the performance of these relationships, uh, not only with the punishments of magistrates, but also with other disasters. And he quotes a couple of verses from Isaiah and Deuteronomy. <clears throat> um, and then he says, an experience proves the well-known rule, divide dishonestly and your goods will dishonestly disappear. Says this commandment demands many virtues which are in conflict with greed, jealousy, and wastefulness such as uprightness in our business affairs, generosity, industriousness, and thrift. Thus, the lazy and wasteful are all thieves, for unless they take from someone else, they cannot sustain their laziness and costly habits. So I think it just gives a good summary of what's going on in this commandment. And then uh, and Martin Chemnitz makes, makes this observation that I think is really helpful. He says, now, since it is certain that robbery, plundering, forcible seizure, etc., are prohibited <clears throat> in the seventh commandment, as these passages clearly show, and he lists some Bible verses about that. He says, why did God not write, you shall not be a plunderer or a robber, instead of you shall not steal? He says, this consideration will show how great the wisdom of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, is. Human reason recognizes that robbery is a clear violation of the law and reproves and condemns it. But when we increase our possessions at the expense of our neighbor through hidden deceptions or under the pretext of legality so that we cheat other people so that they do not realize and understand that we are defrauding them, there we find no fear of God to keep us from growing rich. He says, yeah, we are all well acquainted with these sins, either excusing or extenuating or even defending them. So, so he said that, you know, using the language of stealing helps to get beneath like the obvious external violations that we easily fix, fix upon and to say, well, this is going much deeper to even the, you know, what, what is done in secret, the, well, what someone knows won't hurt them kind of thinking uh, goes to. Um, and then just one other observation he says um he's talking about you know and he says in the third place we must consider which sins god wishes us to understand under the synecdoche of the thief or like using the thief to represent everything that's involved in this commandment and he's speaking about how you know, like in the sixth commandment how we talked about the the lust of the heart is also included along with the external violations and Chemnitz is saying, you know, basically um, the inward, he speaks of this, are the inward sins that conflict with the seventh commandment are called avarice or covetousness. And we were talking a bit about that, you know, in preparation for, for recording. Um, and so, so stealing would be the outward, kind of the final outward expression of that inward sin of covetousness or greediness, um, right? So, so we can see that you know even even though 
you know, kind of what's on the surface is, well, don't take your neighbor's stuff. And then it's also dealing with greed and, and coveting someone else's possessions and, and being jealous of what other people have and not content with what God has given you. And, you know, and by the time you get to stealing from someone, oops, being my microphone, by the time you get from to stealing from someone, like you've already progressed a, a good deal of the way through that greed and covetousness and have been, you know, resisting, you know, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, for example, that says, you know, don't be greedy, trust, you know, God to provide for you, work hard for what you get, don't try to gain these things by dishonest means and so on. So by the time you're actually committing the outward sin, like, it's a lot further down in progression that way. And it's a lot more dangerous thing in that regard, because that requires, you know, a certain degree of hardening your heart and your conscience against God to get from the inward thoughts of the heart to the outward action. And so, so anyways, hopefully that, that gives some helpful parameters and like kind of, this is, these are the kinds of things that are involved in this commandment. To sum it up, Ben says you're guilty, go repent. <laughs> I I do like that portion that Ben brought out uh, where I, I once heard that each one of the commandments can get tied back to the first commandment. And I really feel that that's true with this one. Uh, because when you're stealing, you're not, you are essentially telling God, I know what I need better than what you think that I do. And I can provide it for myself better than you are providing for me. Right. Right. And to give a verse about that, you know, um, in, in James, it talks about every good and perfect gift comes from above from the father of lights. That's God. In Psalm 104, it says, uh, you cause the talking about God, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. So all of the good things that we have in this life, even the, the naturally occurring things, the things that we get in our wages, that, that our labors produce, all of that ultimately comes back to God. And, and he gives it to, to different people and he gives you some things he gives other people some different things and when you despise what you have and are ungrateful for it and don't trust god to provide for you but you go and you try to rob somebody else of what god has given to them you are ultimately stealing from god and you are disbelieving god you're not trusting in his provision you're and you have an ungrateful uh, heart towards him and it's despicable um and I, I really like how ben drew it back to coveting there um my wife i believe had heard this quote and i don't know who said it or if i'm getting it word for word but um that it it says something like the only reason to look at someone else's plate is to see if they have enough and uh, that's something we've tried to teach our children because inevitably you have kids that look and say, oh, they got more pepperoni on their slice of pizza 
or they got a bigger slice than me or not just, you know, man, I'm, I get pretty covetous over pepperonis as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people, they get, they got more peas on their plate, you know, right. Natal. Who says that? (laughs) What person has ever said that? Guys, I'm not going to lie. I love peas. I do too. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Weirdos, all three of you. <laughs> ben would, uh, you know, maybe say that about somebody who got a lot more, you know, horseradish. Um, filter fish. Yeah, but isn't that a great thought, though? That 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 really illustrates, I think, what this is getting at, and at its very core, that. Uh, you can either have a coveting heart that is ungrateful and unbelieving in God, and and you you want what your neighbor has been given, or you can have a loving heart that is thankful for what you have, and you are looking with loving concern to your neighbor. Um, do, does my neighbor have enough? Um, and you know the. Like I was thinking about that, what Hussey you shared at the beginning about, you know, helping somebody improve and protect their possessions. You know, if your neighbor's house started on fire and you were like, oh, stinks for him. And you were like, doesn't hurt me at all. Right. And I didn't do it. I didn't start the fire. But if you just if you're standing there watering your lawn with your garden hose and you could have put it out like that is robbing your neighbor you were there to help him you should have done the loving caring thing and help him protect it if you had an opportunity you know and uh it's um it's a good reminder of what you know how deep our sin actually is in this matter but then also that you know god really has at the heart of this commandment uh, love for us and love for our neighbor that he wants to express here. Yeah, it's uh, kind of going along with that. Um, this is from uh, Herbert Gergenschon, Treatment of Luther's Catechism. Yo, other nice. than Ben, other than Ben, somebody try to spell his last name. <laughs> G? G? I? R G E N S O E N S O H N H N. Dang it. All right. So he says, (laughs) let it be emphasized again that even though God does protect the neighbor's property, whether it has been justly or unjustly gained from the incursions of others, he is not thereby sanctioning the status quo as far as possessions are concerned. Injustice remains injustice. But when we oppose the current disposition of property, We cannot say that it is God's will to eliminate private property. Possession as such is not theft. Sin does not lie in possession or non-possession in the amount of property a person controls, but rather in his attitude toward God and his fellow fellow men. A man is not made better because he has only one coat instead of two, but rather because he gives one to his fellow man who has none. In other words, because he practices love. And so, so that's, he's really getting at that. The point that you're talking about, Matt, that that love is really the the goal here, and also, and he's also just pointing out something that I think is important too. Is he's not saying that it's so like we talk about you know private property, such like that. Like he's not saying that that uh, injustice, you know, in 
you know, like unjustly acquiring things or so on, just because that's the way that it happens or that's the status quo. Like, you know, I don't have an example right off the top of my head, but, but uh, he's not saying that we don't have any place to, for example, speak against a system that works unjustly in which it ends up, you know, putting people at a disadvantage un, unfairly in that way, or maybe, you know, like they're, you know, their property is being, you know, taken or bought for far less than it should be or something like that. Like he's not, he's not saying that we can't, you know, stand up for our neighbor in that way and say, Hey, the system needs to be changed. He's just saying that the answer isn't the elimination of private property because it's not the possession of property that is sinful. He's trying to get to the heart of it. Like the, what's really going on. It's not, you know, he's saying it's not the possessions or how much you have or you don't have. It's, it's a matter of the heart. It's, it's greed. It's covetousness. It's, you know, do I, am I loving my neighbor by being generous with my neighbor or do I just want as much stuff for myself? And that's kind of, um, you know, where like Melanchthon, when he was giving his summary, he includes generosity in that. And I think that's something for us to, you know, to think about too, especially, especially when we, you know, when we don't have a whole lot of, you know, money and resources ourselves and, you know, and we, you know, we're experiencing, you know, inflation and, and things are more expensive and, you know, the economy is tough. You know, the, the natural kind of knee jerk tendency is to say, I'm just going to hoard my stuff because I don't have much and everything's so expensive. But even in those situations, we want to be able to say where, you know, where can I be generous with someone who has less than me? And there isn't a set mark for how much you give of stuff or whatever. Um, but, but to even in the midst of, of difficult times economically, when, you know, you don't have all that many resources yourself to say, okay, here's my neighbor who has less than me in this area and has a need, you know, can I sacrifice, you know, whatever, to help them in their need. Like that's, that's part of what this commandment is, is getting at is, is getting us out of ourselves and like, how can I love my neighbor through this? And that's, and that's where you were going with that, Matt, that, that love was guiding and directing, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of, kind of stuff. And, and I guess we can just say to you, since we're getting close on time for this episode, it is always really good to remember and to come back to, you know, the Christian life as daily repentance and faith and the forgiveness of sins. Because as we were talking about before, like, you know, just take five minutes and think through all the implications of this commandment. And it's like, which one of us has not completely blown it like every single stinking day of our life, (laughs) because there's so much involved in it. And, and so we do want to, remember repentance and faith and the forgiveness of sins but but also then too that we would pray you know to pray to god and ask him to show work in us through his word and his holy spirit that that he would make us more generous people that he would that he would help us to be as good of stewards of of the gifts that he has given us as we can that we would look first in love and consideration to our neighbor before me and my own wants and desires and so in that way you know we pray that our our lives would continue to be conformed more and more to 
the intent of this commandment of, of God, because God is a generous God. He gives of his own possessions, right? I mean, you know, as we talked about, God owns everything. Everything belongs to him and he freely gives it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have a, a very generous God. And so in that way too, we also want to be generous with one another. Just quickly to tie into that, you know, it only takes one time of stealing to be called a thief, right? So we're all thieves. And that makes me remember the thief on the cross next to Jesus who said, remember me. Jesus said, today I will be with you in paradise. And the gospel man has regained his title. There you go. Good work, Matt. <laughs> uh with that excellent word of the gospel, do you also want to close us up in a word of prayer sure. and we can pick up on the rest of the seventh commandment next, next time. Yep. Lord, we thank you for forgiving us thieves and for dying for us and that there's hope for us. Um, I pray that, that if, you know, any of us are ever denying the fact that we are guilty of this, Lord, that you would remind us. Um, I know that it hurts to be reminded of it, but that you, expose our sin in order to lead us to repentance and lead us to the cross. And so thank you for doing that. And I pray that you would uh, continue to be at work in us, but that you wouldn't leave us there broken and ashamed of what we've done, but that you would, um, again, point us to Jesus and, and that we would be reminded that our sins have been paid for and that you love us, that you are very generous that you not only shower down blessings to us on a on us in our everyday life and uh, give us shelter and food and clothing and all sorts of great things, but especially that you shower your grace and mercy upon us through Jesus and that um, you desire to cover those sins and and to be with us uh, in in restoration and in purity through uh, what you offer in Jesus. And so we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys.